Hello everybody and welcome into episode number 325 of the Bible 2021 podcast. We are reading 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 today and our focus is on what must happen before Jesus returns for the second coming and what is the great apostasy or falling away. Thanks for joining us. Our goal is to read through the Word of God on a daily basis, thinking about it, seeking to understand it, and most of all, living to obey it. I would encourage you to share the show with your friends who might also be interested in hearing the Word of God daily and thinking about it. And you can do that by sharing uh, episodes of the show on social media or just telling them through word of mouth. We do have a webpage. It's Bible2021.com. That's B-I-B-L-E 2021.com. Every episode of the show has its own entry on that website with a full transcript and probably some other things as well. Now, you're going to find as we continue reading in the short book of Second Thessalonians, the theme and main topic of this letter of Paul is all centered around the end times and the second coming of Jesus. In today's letter, Paul addresses a bit of first century fake news that had apparently circulated around to the Thessalonians. Somehow, some way, somebody got the false message to them that Jesus had returned and they had apparently been left behind. Worse than that, whomever sent that false message somehow did it acting as Paul himself. So this really, really upset this young church to hear from their mentor and founder that Jesus had come back And to counter that false narrative, Paul writes this. Now, concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our being gathered to him, we ask you, brothers and sisters, not to be easily upset or troubled either by a prophecy or by a message or by a letter supposedly from us alleging that the day of the Lord has come. Don't let anyone deceive you in any way, for that day will not come unless the apostasy comes first and the man of lawlessness is revealed, the man doomed to destruction. He opposes and exalts himself above every so-called god or object of worship so that he sits in God's temple proclaiming that he himself is God. Well, Paul is basically telling the Thessalonian church and us by extension that though they may have heard about rumors that Jesus had come back to not be alarmed because he has not returned as of the time of Paul's rotting and two very noticeable and important things would have to happen before Jesus returned. And those two things are Number one, the apostasy or the rebellion. And number two, the revealing of the man of lawlessness. Now, I think we're going to talk about tomorrow who the man of lawlessness is. And so today, let's focus in on the apostasy or the rebellion. That's what the word means. And let's talk about that word, apostasy. It's not a very common word in the English language. And in English, it means the uh, abandonment or renunciation of a religious or political or other kind of belief. And it comes from a Greek word that's basically transposed or transliterated, apostasia, which means to forsake or fall away. And it Self, that word comes from a word that is used for divorces. So it's a concept that's powerfully developed in the Old Testament where God often describes himself as a bridegroom and his people Israel as the bride that has been unfaithful or fallen away from him. For instance, the prophet Hosea compares Israel's 
falling away over and over from God as representing the same thing as a spouse cheating on another spouse. Indeed, God commands Hosea the prophet to actually marry an unfaithful woman named Gomer who ultimately cheats on him multiple times so that the unfaithfulness of Israel can be demonstrated in vivid and visceral and visual devastating ways. Note the promise, though, at the end of the book of Hosea, in Hosea chapter 4, verses 4 and 5, God says, I will heal their apostasy. I will freely love them, for my anger will have turned from him. I will be like the dew to Israel. He will blossom like the lily and take root like the cedars of Lebanon. To apostatize, then, is to renounce or fall away from faith in the same sort of way as an unfaithful spouse breaks away from a marriage to be with another. Notice that relational language we're talking about here. When people say, you know, pretty tritely that Christianity is a relationship, not a religion, that's the kind of thing they're talking about here. Theologically speaking, Paul is pointing out here in this passage that Jesus is not going to come back for his second coming until there is a significant, notable, noticeable, obvious falling away or apostasy of people who claim to know God and turn away from following him. Now, ultimately, unfortunately, Paul doesn't give us about a lot of information and details about this coming apostasy, and the word he uses to describe it is really used quite rarely in the Bible. I think, however, that Matthew 24 gives us quite a bit of insight into what Paul is referring to here, and I believe that the apostasy Paul is speaking of in 2 Thessalonians 2 is the falling away that Jesus talks about in Matthew 24. Let's pick up Matthew 24 and verse 3. Jesus is asked, tell us when these things will happen and what is the sign of your coming in the end of the age? Jesus replied to them, watch out that no one deceives you. For many will come in my name saying, I am the Messiah and they will deceive many. You are going to hear of wars and rumors of wars. See to it that you're not alarmed because these things must take place, but the end is not yet. For nation will rise up against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in various places. All these events are the beginning of the labor pains. Then they will hand you over to be persecuted and they will kill you. You will be hated by all nations because of my name. Then many will fall away, betray one another and hate one another. Many false prophets will rise up and deceive many because lawlessness will multiply. The love of many will grow cold, but the one who endures to the end will be saved. This good news of the kingdom will be proclaimed in all the world as a testimony to all nations and then the end will come. So note here how lawlessness and falling away are connected together by Jesus so tightly. This makes me even more certain that Paul's Thessalonians references to Jesus's Olivet Discourse, his teaching on in Matthew 24. Paul also seems to be talking about this falling away, rebellion, or apostasy in another passage in 1 Timothy 4, and probably 1 Timothy 3 too, but in 1 Timothy 4, 1 and 2, Paul says, the Spirit explicitly says that in later times some will depart from the faith, paying attention to deceitful spirits and the teachings of demons through the hypocrisy of liars whose consciences are seared. Well, I believe the Bible is telling us something very important here. And I don't believe most of the people who, you know, write books and teach and 
uh, focus on end times things really emphasize this enough. Before Jesus comes back, there's going to be a noticeable, remarkable, uh, really scary, kind of unsettling falling away by people who profess to be Christians. Now, this kind of thing happens all throughout church history. People have fallen away many, many times from their claims of faith in Jesus, just as explained that it, uh, Jesus explained that sort of thing would happen in his uh, parable of the sower in Mark chapter 4. But the apostasy that Paul is talking about in Thessalonians and Jesus is talking about in Matthew 24 has been called by many the great apostasy because it's going to be obvious that it is happen, happening and it's going to be so noticeable you'll be able to tell. We're not just talking about a few people here or there but a massive mega trend probably all across the world. Now will all of the church fall away? Of course not. But many who profess Jesus only with their mouth will turn from Christ when and it becomes less expedient and maybe even more dangerous to follow him. I come from the Bible Belt, live in California now, I've lived here over three years, but I was born in Alabama and lived in Alabama most of my life, and all throughout the South in the Bible Belt of the United States of America, millions of people identify uh, as Christ followers, but they don't live like it. They don't follow him. They don't follow his ways. They don't take heed of his word. They don't know him. Before Jesus returns, a remarkable and heart-rending falling away will happen. And I believe that many millions of those, maybe tens of millions, maybe hundreds of millions of people who label themselves Christians but don't follow Jesus will happen. And that will be the apostasy. And sometime concomitant with that, a man of lawlessness will be revealed. Maybe he will be the one that somehow, some way sparks this uh, apostasy, or at least influences. We don't know it. Uh, but somehow, some way, he might have something to do with that. And then at some point after those things happen, the end will come. Well, in light of this information that a great apostasy is coming, it's not very encouraging. How should we respond? What should we do? How should we hang on? Well, I'm reminded of a handful of verses that serve as good encouragement for you and I both. For instance, verse 15 in today's reading says, So then, brothers, in light of this, stand firm and hold to the traditions that you were taught by us, either by our spoken word or by our letter. In other words, in light of this coming apostasy, we must stand firm and hold on ever tighter to the word of God. First uh, Corinthians sixteen thirteen, Paul says, be alert, stand firm in the faith, be courageous, be strong, and maybe my second or third or first, one of my top three or four favorite Bible passages of all is this wonderful encouragement in Hebrews 12, one through three, which says, therefore, since we also have such a large cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us lay aside every hindrance and the sin that so easily ensnares us. Let us run with endurance the race that lies before us. Here's the key keeping our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith for the joy that lay before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God for consider him. In other words, think about him who endured such hostility from sinners against himself so that you won't grow weary and give up. One more, as you hold on, 
As you stand firm, remember this good bit of news. It's not the strength of your grip or the strength of your stance that will save you. It's the strength of his grip and his keeping power. Isaiah 41, 13 says, For I, the Lord your God, hold your right hand. It is I who say to you, fear not, I am the one who helps you. So as you're standing firm, friend, he is holding on to you. Let's read our passage. It is 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 1 in the Christian Standard Bible. Now concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our being gathered to him, we ask you, brothers and sisters, not to be easily upset or troubled, either by a prophecy or by a message or by a letter supposedly from us alleging that the day of the Lord has come. Don't let anyone deceive you in any way, for that day will not come unless the apostasy comes first and the man of lawlessness is revealed, the man doomed to destruction. He opposes and exalts himself above every so-called God or object of worship so that he sits in God's temple proclaiming that he himself is God. Don't you remember that when I was still with you, I used to tell you about this, and you know what currently restrains him so that he will be revealed in his time. For the mystery of lawlessness is already at work, but the one now restraining will do so until he is out of the way, and then the lawless one will be revealed. The Lord Jesus will destroy him with the breath of his mouth and will bring him to nothing at the appearance of his coming. The coming of the lawless one is based on Satan's working with every kind of miracle, both signs and wonders serving the lie, and with every wicked deception among those who are perishing. They perish because they did not accept the love of the truth and so be saved. For this reason, God sends them a strong delusion so that they will believe the lie, so that all will be condemned, those who did not believe the truth but delighted in unrighteousness. For we ought to thank God always for you, brothers and sisters, loved by the Lord, because from the beginning God has chosen you for salvation through sanctification by the Spirit and through belief in the truth. He called you to this through our gospel so that you might obtain the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. So then, brothers and sisters, stand firm and hold to the traditions you were taught, whether by what we said or what we wrote. May our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God our Father who has loved us and given us eternal encouragement and hope by grace, encourage your hearts and strengthen you in every good work and word. Amen. That's a great blessing. I'm going to read that again. May our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God our Father, who has loved us and given us eternal encouragement and good hope by grace, encourage your hearts and strengthen you in every good work and word. Mm, glad I read that again. That was good. I needed that. Maybe you did too. Well, let's close today with our Bible memory passage for the month of November. It's John 14, verse 6. Let's say it together. How about Jesus told him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Amen. Good day to you, friends, and Godspeed.